Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. One of these days, I'll remember to go back in and edit that intro. So it's like, we are your hosts. <laughs> it's not just me. Um, <laughs> side note, put that somewhere. Remind myself. Uh, maybe I'll remember it when I go back and edit the episode for uh, <laughs> for broadcasting. But welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I am your host, Tom, or Robots, on the internet. And I am here with my co-host, Logan. Logan, how are you doing, buddy? How's the weekend going? Weekend's going great. It's been a lot of fun. The weather's still really beautiful here, so I'm really happy to that. And it's been a little bit of a slower, slower news cycle for Cyberpunk. But I, I got to be honest, I'm just hyped for the next gen consoles at this point. Like November 10th and 12th oh, yeah. can't come soon enough. Yeah, it is coming up soon. Uh, you know what else is coming soon? More Mandalorian. Mando, Mando's thought- coming back. I thought that was this Friday. I was so excited oh. and I was so disappointed when I was like, wait, where is it? I can't find it. And then oh. I found out it was next, it was coming Friday. And I was like, ah, oh, oh, I hate this weekend just for that. But uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, I, I, I did so see soon. the new witches movie. So that was oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, I like the original. I think the original is just way better, but yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm very excited for, for more Mando and baby Yoda mm-hmm. and, and all that. Um, <sighs> it's, it's one of those things that's also fun to watch with my son, you know, like it, like when, when you, yeah. as a dad, when you get to nerd out about like star Wars or whatever with your kids, like that's, it's, there's nothing better than that. You know, that's, that's the best. Um, but this isn't the star Wars lore yeah. cast. Although some people have pitched me that idea. Um, I think that would be a really cool show to do. I, I couldn't do it. I don't know enough about star Wars. I mean, I could co-host it with mm-hmm. somebody who would be the expert, but, um, I also don't have all the time in the world to do that, but hey, hey you know, if you want to start a Star Wars lore cast or just Star Wars lore podcast, I don't know if you want to call it the lore cast, but, uh, yeah, go, go do that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there are some out there, but, um, anyway, yeah, that is, a, that's a deep well to go into too, to try and start a podcast for Star Wars. There's like, what's canon, what's not canon, what are they yeah. going to change to be canon or not canon soon? So, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I don't envy anyone that's trying to do that, but I, I would listen to it hundred percent. Yeah. So here we are talking about cyberpunk and speaking of things releasing very soon, we're just a few weeks away from 2077. So um, I put out some feelers on the discord channel today and was just like, hey, guys, now that we're coming up just a few weeks away from cyberpunk 2077, what topics would you like us to dig into in the next few weeks? Because once it's out, we're going to have all sorts of things we can talk about. Things that happened in the games, um, things that happened in the games and the history and why those things are happening in 2077 and what happened in 2020 or, you know, Cyberpunk Red that led up to those things. There's going to be a lot of topics that we can dig into, but I want to make sure that we are hitting the topics that you guys want us to hit in the next few weeks. So please send us some notes about what you think would be really interesting for us to dig into. The, The big response that I got on our Discord was that, um, cyberware, 
would be really cool to dig into and finding a little bit more out about what are the cyberware options in cyberpunk. So I've done some research. I've pulled up some things about what we know about specifically 2077 cyberware and the things that people have revealed are going to be in the game so far. So we're going to tackle that this episode. If you want to know more about just general cyberware stuff, then go back about a year ago. It's one of the earlier episodes. I did an episode that was mostly on just kind of cyber augmentations and things like that and where that comes from. But we'll get into more of the 2077 stuff today. But before we do that, uh, Logan, let's jump into the news. What do we have? What do we have going on in, in the world this week with cyberpunk? So we had some uh, really, really quick things that just kind of popped up. Uh, We're getting closer and closer to the actual game launch. So we're going to see more news articles that kind of come out kind of as we learn a little bit more what what to expect. Um, One of the interesting articles that came out actually uh, came to us from essentially sports.com, which I actually didn't think I'd I'd recognize. But um, uh, Ashki Patel. I think is how you say uh, their name, wrote a really interesting article about how um, Cyberpunk has kind of come out talking about how the quest design for Cyberpunk 2077 is actually going to be a lot better than The Witcher 3 and that the the Witcher 3, uh, they actually tweeted out is, quote unquote, our quest team is amazing. The Witcher 3 was a great warm up in terms of quest design. Now we're going all in and there's little uh, little asterisks to the amazing um, and uh, so are the other teams. So they, they wanted to make sure to include the rest of the teams that are working on Cyberpunk right now. But uh, this was really really kind of fun to hear. You know, you, you hope that they're, that they're doing their best but when they are this confident that the quest design for Cyberpunk is going to be, you know, really kind of leaps and bounds. If anyone's played Witcher 3, you you know how great and vast that experience was. You can really get lost in that world. And uh, for them to feel like this, that that was just a, a good way to kind of, you know, cut their teeth on on how to develop questing and stuff and look at the, the caliber of content that they put out for that game, considering how many awards it won. Uh, I can't wait to see just what kind of content we're going to be getting in the quest design department especially considering how they've talked about the looping in and looping uh, out of different story arcs with uh, having side quests that kind of feed into the main line and vice versa. Um, so I'm, I'm really kind of excited for this. Was this kind of a, a cool thing for you to kind of see like them just feeling real confident going into this, uh, into this launch? Yeah. Um, yeah. To put it, to put it lightly, if the quest design in the Witcher three is amateur hour, then to see what like advanced mode is is extremely exciting because i mean there was no they were not there's no slouch right there's no like i have no complaints about the the quest design in the witcher 3 it is it is an amazing game and even with the expansions you can tell that they grew even in the time between the original stuff happening in the witcher 3 and the the stuff that came out in the dlc so to take that the next step up is is very exciting yeah yeah it really was uh including other exciting things about the game that we learned about this week was uh shinobi uh, 602 on twitter had uh sent out a tweet that basically dove into lip syncing and we were kind of talking a little bit before the show started um they have we we kind of found out that cyberpunk has full lip sync 
uh, for 10 dubbed languages. And anyone that has uh, an idea or a, any kind of background in animation, um, you might be aware of just how difficult it really can be to lip sync. And the funny thing is, is a lot of people tend to notice bad lip sync. You really can tell when a character's lips are not synced in with what they're actually saying. Even if it's a human being, but the audio is slightly delayed, you can tell. Uh, and it doesn't take much to, to really catch that. In fact, humans are really good at being able to pick out um, imperfections, uh, even considering how imperfect we tend to be with a lot of the things that we do. Um, we have an expectation in our mind and trying to replicate that is ex is exceptionally hard. I think there's a few movie studios out there that really do a good job with CG animation when it comes to lip syncing, when it comes to secondary animation, because generally when you're actually uh, talking, you you most of your mouth and jaw are doing a lot of the work, but your, your eyes, uh, your head, your eyebrows, every part of your face is, is working on it. And I joked with, with Tom earlier on that the, uh, the, the, uh, the face is really just the background noise, uh, to, to <laughs> what's actually going on with that. You know, I, I kind of equated it to a massage, you know, when you're getting a massage, you're focused on getting the massage, but they, they have you close your eyes, you're laying down and they've got that music in the background. They've got little wa water machines going to kind of simulate water going in. Uh, and, and it tries to, to act as a way to kind of immerse you, uh, similar to how audio works for like VR it really tries to, to set the setting and having really good face animation can really uh, help convince you of who you're talking to is actually there speaking to you uh, when you hear the dialogue, not just uh, some animators like putting a character in front of your character while you play through a scenario in a game. The interesting yeah. thing that I wanted to, to, to dive into about this is we found out that uh, a company named Javi um, is developing an AI program that automates that whole process, which if you figure most character animations can take anywhere from a month or two for just a, a, a you know, maybe like a, a paragraph of dialogue, uh, the fact that they are now using a fully AI system to automate all of the lip syncs for this game is insane and the, if that tool if that that program can be used for other games we may be seeing a caliber of lip sync that is on par uh, as any of like the the major entertainment industries out there for for movies and stuff but given to anyone that can license that program and in any language it's exceptional it's it's beautiful it's it's a thing that i I didn't realize we were on the cusp of, you know, when you think of like, where's AI going and you, and you think of like deep fakes and you're like, oh, deep fakes is pretty cool. That's been around for a few years. Lip syncing is where I think a lot of companies are going to really want to try and invest in uh, getting this AI to, to start building out their game. So, um, Tom, yeah. I, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm curious yeah. to hear what your thoughts are on, on uh, AI doing the work right. of hand right. animators at this point. The robots are taking our jobs. This should be your forte. <laughs> I think I think that's just the natural path of all of this is that if with enough study and practice on this, you can you can design software to do anything. It's just the, the complexity is the the biggest thing you have to tackle. Um, and watching the video, you can see that they they went through so many different pieces of the puzzle. Um, everything from the way your your bones move to the jaw and your muscles and the mood that you are in when you say something to the language and the way the language works with our faces, <laughs> you know, all of that. 
is very complex and you can see that they're tackling all of it. Um, now I, I would say that to me, the end result still isn't a hundred percent of the way there. It's still, it's still just barely in that uncanny Valley region that you're, we're coming up on the other side though. I mean, it's not, it's not the uncanny Valley region of like, I can't think of a bad example, but, um, some previous, you know, poorly animated digital movie where the characters faces don't look right. Uh, but they're trying to make it like human. It's, it's not really there. It's better than that. But I know that this is, if this is the beginning of this software that is similar to the quest thing within the next few years, the next iteration, the updates they're going to make the, the things they'll learn by doing this, um, even comparisons to actual humans, like, can you imagine if you had the time to use this software to animate a phrase? You know, maybe the phrase is, you know, welcome to the cyberpunk lore cast. And then you make a character say that and in English, and then you have me say it next to it and you compare the video and you can tweak it until it gets right. Like using the, the technology, make it look like it's indistinguishable, indistinguishable from the person. Then then we're at a place where all of a sudden that really works. Um, I think that there's even even some variations in the way the head movement moves, you know, like um, and this connects to the rest of the body gestures with your hand. Like I'm talking with my hands right now. You can see me. And I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show. We're, we're live. It's Sunday night. And we're doing Sunday nights again. And it's uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch TV slash robots radio if, if you want to tune in with us in the future. But, you know, bringing in just not even just the mouth and then the face and the eyes and they animate all of those things so that they work together. But hand motions and the body together in ways that don't loop and feel very natural. Um, the complexity that is amazing, but it, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm sure they'll keep getting closer and closer to that. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of potential here. I can also see from, from a standpoint of, you know, making a huge game like cyberpunk that when you don't have to hand animate everybody that really opens it up. I mean, imagine, imagine and we, you and I, before the show, we're talking about world of Warcraft, there's a new world of Warcraft expansion coming out. The game's huge. It's been out for 15, what, 16 years now. Um, but can you imagine an MMO where every character in the world that you talk with looks like they're actually talking? Like you don't just have canned animations and everybody's mouths just do a mouth movement while they talk. You know, something like Elder Scrolls Online has uh, voiced characters for all the characters you talk to are actually voiced. They're all voice acted. But what if they were actually mouthed and moved like human beings? That would be amazing. <laughs> It's it's really funny that you bring that up because I've been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls online and uh, con compared to World of Warcraft, where I'm so used to very characterized uh, like actors uh, or act what's a better way to say this compared to the stylized look of the characters that you see around that world, playing Elder Scrolls and seeing the more realistic approach to, to characters that you see in that game, mm -hmm. it is abundantly clear to me at how old that game looks when I'm playing through it. And it feels, it honestly is kind of cringy in some parts where I'm just like, Ooh, man, this is, this is, I can tell they have not spent a lot of work on building out the character and how the face looks and the muscle structure underneath of, if that's even a thing, Yeah, like it, it just looks like a polygon model that they rigged up with a couple points for, uh, you know, mouth movement and for facial movements right. and blinking. 
and worked with that because of the scale of the game and how many characters there are. They couldn't possibly yeah. be able to go in and hand animate every single line for all of the, the voice acted lines. And some of the voice actors that are in that game are actually pretty good voice actors, oh, yeah. but the, the delivery is so is so rough because of the the way that you're interacting with it that it's noticeable so the distinction between the, like, the movement in the game the, the character models which are lower poly than say modern more recent games and yeah and and the authenticity of the voice acting yeah there's that disconnect there yeah so bringing that back to cyberpunk when i when i look at the videos and i see just the the rough out you know not even the lit uh uh uh, facial models that they used for the video it is amazing just to see like how much uh life that they're able to bring into these characters just through the ai program compared to the hand animated that they did and just seeing like just how on par they are and knowing that they still have tools to be able to go in and tweak this um i think is going to really really make for a, a really immersive experience for folks that are jumping into cyberpunk on in november i think they're going to have a really good time with this uh they're going to start finding that they're really Really starting to love certain characters you're like characters are going to grow mm -hmm. on you you're going to have attachments to some of the people in this game because it's like watching someone in a world it's like playing with them you you see them and you you hear them and it connects and once you have that 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 human-esque connection uh when you're playing in a game and you really dive into it it's it's just going to make this the zeitgeist around this game absolutely fantastic and i can't i cannot wait i'm still i'm really <laughs> really wanting to play this game and i it's just oh, it's still so far away it feels like yeah yeah it'll be it'll be fun to see this in practice in the game with the different characters now knowing that this is the case um so yeah i'm looking forward to that too and there's something else to look forward to uh, as we as we get closer and closer to the game's launch. Um, there's been a lot of concern and predominantly from a, a specific uh, perspective in the gaming industry. It, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, Twitch, Twitch is probably the top streaming service, has probably around 80 to 90 percent of the, uh, the market as far as uh, streaming content goes for video games. Uh, currently, there are some major issues going on with uh, digital music rights. Um, DMCA issues are really getting cracked down on on streaming. You really cannot use licensed music uh, without getting struck with a warning and then a ban for your account. So uh, this really affects just the atmosphere that a lot of streamers have had uh, in, in the Twitch community. It's brought, brought a lot of streams down just as far as like how much fun people have with even something as simple as uh, karaoke sings uh, or Twitch sings, which mm -hmm. is their own, their own service that allows people to be able to stream uh, karaoke uh, with, with people. And one of the questions that came out from the streaming community was, uh, will we be able to stream this on Twitch? Will we be able to, uh, play cyberpunk without having to worry about the DMCA regulations on Twitch? And thankfully, uh, CDPR came out and said, Hey, no, you don't have to worry about this. All of the music, all of the sounds, everything that you hear in cyberpunk is made from the ground up. It is all done from nothing. So if you're worried about digital music rights when you want to go stream, or if you're looking forward to some of your favorite streamers playing through the game and seeing how their gameplay compares to your gameplay, you won't have to worry about them getting in trouble with uh, DMCA and Twitch. And that's just a, yeah. a really, really awesome thing to hear. And 
the the thing that I wanted to to post to you, Tom, is um, there was because uh, I'm assuming we're probably going to be streaming this when this comes out. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, was this yes. a concern of yours? And um, um, I got a follow up for that. So I want to yeah. hear what your thoughts well, on, on so, this. Has this been an issue? Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good question. Um, because I, I play lots of different games. I have lots of different shows about different topics, things like Elder Scrolls and Fallout and and Cyberpunk. Um, Fallout seventy six and Fallout four. Now you can you can no longer play the in game radio in those games because you will get a DMCA shutdown. Because that music is licensed for the game, but it's not licensed for you to stream. Um, so yeah, that's that is a legit thing. I mean, there was a time where I would stream Fallout and I would turn on the in-game radio because sometimes it's nice to just have music playing behind you when you're streaming a game. Um, it helps fill in kind of the emptiness of of things if if you're not talking too much or you're concentrating on one thing and there's some music in the background or whatever. And it's part of the atmosphere of those games that those old songs are part of the world. And now you can't use them. So to be able to say that, you know, that's not going to be a problem with cyberpunk is is a really nice thing. Um, it's also cool. And we've talked about music on previous episodes to know that we're going to be getting lots of new songs, things that were are designed specifically for cyberpunk in styles of music that they are using in this world. So that's that's also part of bringing you into the the mood of what's going on. So, yes, I, I think yeah. this is a very good news. The the one thing that I wanted to bring up because uh, I, I had a feeling you'd be going into Fallout seventy six, so I'm sorry if I baited you into this. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to to ask you the the tweet came out with the question of a streamer mode, and mm-hmm. this is something that I had never considered. But the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Uh, do you think that um, games are going to start moving into a world where there's going to be a quote unquote streamer mode that has to take into account uh, legal ramifications? for the game even if it has something like licensed music yeah i can imagine that um if the companies want to support streaming and i think it's a smart idea they do because it helps them sell more games that they're going to have to accommodate the streamers and make it easier for the streamers the whole situation is very complex um the the music industry this goes back to things that are beyond my pay grade right i I used to tour in bands. I used to, I used to, I used to work in the music industry. We, you know, we had, we hired a manager and a lawyer and, and all of these things. So I understand, you know, I've worked with producers. I, I get how some of this stuff works in recent years. The music industry has made um, some significant headway for them in being able to bring lawsuits to fruition where they can claim that say the, the five notes in this melody were stolen from this other song and things like that, which is complete BS. I mean, let's be honest, that is complete BS. There are only so many notes to play. There are only so many rhythms that you can use in pop music before it becomes, you know, it becomes jazz or classical and and you're no longer doing something that's going to be popular on the radio. Like there are limitations within music, right? There are only so many keys you can play in. for the music industry to say like, no, 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 this is a thing. This is ours. We've copyrighted it and you can't use it or, or to say like, you know, like what if, what if a, uh, imagine this, a music company has a very popular song with the words, I love you in it. Can you patent that? Can you patent the words? I love you in a song or maybe the words I love you in an ascending three notes at the beginning of a major scale. Do, 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 you know, can, can you patent that? And that's almost where we're at, where they've been able to get away with that kind of thing. Um, So that's why they can 
do this and make it so that you can't use this music in you know YouTube videos and and streaming and those kinds of things and they make tons of money every year by algorithms that this is why when you post a video on YouTube and you have even the slightest little bit of music from something in it you'll get a notice that says you're not in trouble but somebody has claimed that you've used part of their music in your video and now they're getting the money the ad revenue from your video all because I mean you could do yeah. an hour-long video and you could have five seconds of a, of a clip from a say movie or something and you know, a song and all of a sudden now they're making all the money for that video because you used five seconds of a clip that is, is that that's where we're at so this is a huge problem um so to say that the to bring this back around video game companies are going to be if they're smart finding ways to work around this either through music that is not tied to the music industry at all or um, you know, streamer modes and things like that. Um, it's only a smart thing to do because until the legal system figures out that the music industry is just gouging everybody and that this is not actually, this doesn't actually make any sense. This is just the world that we live in at this point. All right. Now I'm going to, I'm going to toss a curveball uh -huh. to you, but I don't want you to have to answer it. I want this to just be a, a thought, thought process out there for the folks that are listening at home. Will we get a streamer mode before we get an accessibility mode that's on par with the last of us Two? Think about that. And, and that's so it for news. That's everything else. Yeah. All, all the news that we're getting, hopefully we'll get a little bit more next week, but I just wanted to leave, uh, leave the, the news with that one question. So think about that guys. Yeah. Yeah. If you have thoughts on any of these things that we've talked about, please uh, visit us on the Robots Radio Discord. And there's all sorts of conversations happening all the time around the things that we talk about on our podcast. So go check that out. The links are in the show notes. All right. Well, let's get to the middle of the show and then let's get to the cyberware and the lore. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right. Well, as always, this show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. And if you'd like to support the show and help us continue doing what we're doing, then check that out. Check out the different tiers. You can get ad free episodes. You can get episodes early and there's more that you can you can check out as well, including the opportunity to guest on the show on an upcoming show and ask questions of Cody Pondsmith, um, who will be joining us in the next few weeks. So if that's something you'd like to join us with, then you can be on the show. You have to subscribe to the tier two, which is uh, $25 a month. And you don't have to subscribe for more than one month if you don't want to. If you just want to get in on that one episode, you're welcome to do that. But people who subscribe regularly every month, we will have an end of the month chat with our tier two patrons where you guys can join us either for episodes to ask questions with a with a guest or to just talk about whatever the topic is that we want to talk about and this is something i do on, on my other shows and it's one of the best things that we, we have such a good time at the end of every month talking with those of you who would like to join us on the show so check that out there's all sorts of cool things you can get there and 
and it helps support us. In other, in other news about how to support us, the absolute best thing you could do is tell your friends about the show. Say, hey, I love Cyberpunk. I'm going to be playing the game when it comes out. Check out the show. They talk about all these cool things, the news and the lore and all this stuff. Um, send them our, our way, and that is absolutely the best thing you can do to help continue this show growing, and we'll keep on putting out the content for you guys. Also, the show is brought to you by our sponsors on the Robots Radio Network. And if you're interested in things like getting free audiobooks, then all you have to do is look at the show notes in the links in the show notes and click those links. Get yourself three free audiobooks at audiobooks.com. And there's also other links in the show notes as well to get you discounts on things like Loot Crate or Gamefly or Green Man Gaming or NordVPN. So go check out all the deals in the in the show note links. We get a little bit of a of a kickback for anything that you guys spend or even if you get a free uh, audiobook subscription. So go check that out. All right, let's move on to the rest of the show. All right, so we are to the lore section of this episode, and I'm excited about this. We are talking about cyberware this week. And uh, there's there's a lot of cyberware in Cyberpunk 2020, Cyberpunk uh, Red, Cyberpunk 2013. There's there's a lot of background to this stuff. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you want some of that background, then go look up one of the earlier episodes where I talk about cyberware and cyber augments. This episode is is specifically about cyberware that we know will be in 2077 so far and a little bit of the history and background around that. So let's just dig right in. The um, cyberware comes in different generations. So generation zero, it's described as uh, at the start of the 21st century, medical prosthesis were mainly implants used to replace parts of the body, such as teeth, facial bone, palate, or joints. Cyberware is the modern day, uh, evolution of this prosthetic process in order to save human lives medical science created artificial heart valves extremities vertebrates vertebras vertebras is that the word (laughs) this is this is to allow patients who suffered from severe body trauma to function normally in society right so it came from a medical science standpoint let's let's augment the body and and bring it back to a place where you can actually function and save a life During the first Central American War in the early 1990s, the development of cyberware increased significantly with thousands of American soldiers who were coming home severely injured. Medical cyberware became more sophisticated and widespread as technology progressed. Japan and Germany were at the forefront of development and research as the medicine was evolving. However, despite the amazing innovations in the medical field and how widespread the cyberware was becoming, it was still expensive. The first prosthetic arm didn't have any fingers. Instead, it had a crude gripper and the arm as a whole was heavy. These primitive designs of the 1990s are known as the Generation Zero designs. This is kind of the framework and concept stage of cyber prosthesis. And it sort of matches the real world. Uh, And this is one of those things that is interesting about the lore of cyberpunk is that so much of this is based on similar things that happen in the real world and then extrapolated out into this future. So uh, think about the things that we have right now. This is actually pretty similar. The ability to replace 
parts of the body in order to save somebody or help them with their health. Um, the, the ability to give somebody a prosthetic arm or prosthetic leg. That's something that we can do now. Even even we're getting to the point where you can strap on, you know, a hand and wire it to the brain and train the brain in how to do things like make the hand fingers close and move. Um, we're getting closer and closer to that. You have any thoughts on this before I move on, Logan? Yeah, I, it was really it was a really nice kind of way to to start out, like where we started and and how it started, uh, and, and just to kind of like know this going into where where we're going to be going. Um, the interesting thing that I was I'm I'm hoping for with like the future because we're kind of at this point right now, right? We we have all these things uh, at at the current time. Um, I'm still hoping that we start getting to the point where uh, we do like augmented vision. Um, we have ways to kind of enhance enhance vision through glasses or through, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, telescopes, things like that. I would love it if in the, maybe like the next 10 years, we start seeing like augmented eyes where they can do corrective vision through implants and stuff and just connect them directly to the ocular implants in our brains, uh, and, and give people that don't have sight or have damaged vision um, at, at any rate, the ability to actually see. And I, I always think of like Jordy LaForge from Star Trek and, you know, he always had the visor, which is cool, but it wasn't until he got the, uh, the actual contact things that they had in the movies that allowed him to see real vision uh, uh, right. the way that, that most uh, animals do and stuff. It was just, I'm kind of hoping that that's, that's where we get to with this, this quote, Gen Z of, of uh, implants and augments. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Gen Z. Um, Generation One, uh, the post-war medical cyberware prosthesis development helped to speed up the miniaturization, miniaturization process. Reinforced spines and joints were first designed for workers. Air filtered or air filters grafted to the upper respiratory tracts for those working in polluted environments. Cybernetic enhancements were also produced for warfare during this industrial cyberware revolution during the 2010s the first crucibles that were designed <laughs> sorry the first crucibles that uh were designed these combat implants was that language does not make any sense sorry about that um <laughs> the, so let me let me try to translate the first crucibles <laughs> that were designed were combat implants during the second uh, Central American War, as well as the Second and Third Corporate War. Sometimes pulling this this copy from things uh, is not 100% perfect. In the U.S., the megacorporation Militech enhanced their soldiers, enabling their bodies to increase their carrying capacity and direct connections to personal motion trackers and rangefinders. So this is the first case of, say, so soldiers and militaries using this in the field. In order to do more than their bodies already could, not just fix the things that the bodies couldn't do, right? So th that's a that's a, a philosophical shift. If you have a leg that works and you replace the and the leg breaks and you replace the broken leg with an augment that allows the leg to work again, then now we're just bringing it back up to standard use, right? We're just allowing the person to walk again. But th in this case, we are enhancing. We're actually taking the human body and moving it further than what is actually normally able to do. An arms race began between private armies that belong to mega corporations such as Arasaka that still continues in 2077. So we've talked about that, the uh, fourth corporate war and all of that stuff. Generation one cyberware is often found in black markets, usually found in the possession of poor citizens who can't afford anything better. Generation one is usually made of metal and plastic. And then... 
there's Generation 2. The cyber medical market started to boom after the wars. The same corporations that would take part in the wars now saw more opportunities to profit from their lines of medical implants. Cyber weapons were also developed during this time. So this is post uh, Fourth Corporate War. So that's that's kind of the trajectory of the whole thing is let's design things to replace the parts that weren't working so that they work okay now that we can do that people get used to the idea and this is the way technology takes root you have a generation where the thing is new and they reject it because they go oh that's not natural then you have a younger generation underneath them that, that go oh this is novel yes i will have the prosthetic body part or the technology I will use it in a way that my parents generation didn't and they accept it then you have another generation that grow up with those things being common and then they're going okay well if I can replace my leg in order to make myself walk better then what if I was to replace my leg in order to make, make myself run faster or lift more and then this continues moving on so it's really kind of neat that this happens over generational time periods along with the development and advancement of the technology at the same time. So I think that's pretty cool. It's so interesting to hear this, this kind of laid out because uh, when I think of like gen zero and then gen one and gen two, it's clear that conflict and strife tend to drive innovation and uh, yes. acceptance in, in technology. You know, we, we didn't have dog fighting planes back before, you know, we had uh, a, but you know the way we do now uh back then and, and it was wars that that helped try and facilitate that we needed to take mm -hmm. down uh planes that were dropping bombs the way to do that was to outfit smaller planes that were more maneuverable to be able to counteract those bigger planes that were dropping bombs so right. the, the technological advancement that happened during the 20th century specifically during world war one and world war two along with other conflicts was leaps and bounds before the the, the technology before the war in the in the four years yeah. of World War Two, we moved forward with technology faster than we would have in 20 years of non warfare time because of necessity, yeah. because of the need to move forward. It's really interesting just seeing like how things were originally designed just to fix uh, something that was broken. And then we were taking the next step to actually try and actually augment bodies. You, you spoke about adding air filters to upper respiratory systems. That is a that is a worker augment. That is not necessarily a kitsch kind of thing where you're doing it to, to make sure that you, you look fashionable. It isn't until we start getting later and later as technology progresses and we start seeing stuff become more accepted that we start seeing the fashion element of uh, augments. And it's it's interesting to see that that step between where currently say we we are right now with augments where we're having augments on our body, but they are just more functionary that we're using them for the for the sake of uh, adapting to how uh, our technology is is taking over our evolutionary state packs. and we're staying the way we are naturally. But uh, moving into the future, I'm, I'm curious to see if a lot of the uh, augments that we start playing around with are more of uh, just an aesthetic uh, decision as opposed to a necessary mechanical uh, right. augment. Right. So well, it becomes really it becomes both because it's you know, in the world of cyberpunk. True. It's, true. It, it's both. Um, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, like when it comes to, say, military, it's just in order to do the thing that you're supposed to do better faster stronger um, but when it comes to uh, individuals it's a little bit of both 
you know, it depends on what they care about. You know, are, is it, is yeah. it, so is it a, a factory worker who wants to be able to lift things without back pain and also be able to lift things oh. stronger? Then, yeah. Then, you know, like, <laughs> then, yes, they get that augment in order to be better at their job. Now, do they also want to make sure that when they go out in the evenings that they they look pretty awesome in their evening, whatever, you know, their their neo kitsch outfit or whatever they're going, they're wearing the maybe the augment they put in their spine now glows and you can see it through the back of their shirt, you know, like, yeah, it. It, it, it's both uh, in cyberpunk. It, it reminds me of Jax from Mortal Kombat. He's got those big cybernetic arms, but those big cybernetic arms are giant chrome arms. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you think like, oh, yeah, that's that is kitsch. It's, it serves function, but it's it's also really fashionable right. uh, to, to compare to like cyberpunk world that would be very fashionable. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's interesting how um, a lot of the, the function is being refined as we get further and further down the timeline so um yeah i absolutely love it though really cool stuff yeah so there's different types um v has cyberware that the player can install of course in the game exchange and improve at ripper docks available in night city there are also three categories that uh have been distinguished so far active which must be must be carried out by the player directly um, comparable to weapons so things that you activate through say a button press triggered which is activated as soon as certain framework conditions are met. So this is different than active, but it's also different than the third one, which is passive. The cyberware starts working as soon as it is installed and runs continuously in the background. So you can see how these, these fit different kinds of scenarios in different kinds of environments. So, um, According to what we know so far about the game, the player then installs the cyberware of their choice in different slots in V's body. This includes the brain, which supposedly has three slots, the eyes, the cardiovascular system, which has three slots, the immune system, which has two slots, which is interesting, peripheral peripheral nervous system, which has two slots, the skin with three slots, the operating system. So this is software that you can plug into your brain which or at least helps control augments uh, which is one slot and then the skeletal system so hand arm leg and both sides which include a slot for hands slot for arms slot for legs and then both sides so um it goes on it says comparable to other items there are common unusual rare epic and legendary cyberware to acquire some cyberware exists in different qualities others may exist in epic form Depending on the quality of the cyberware, a different number of slots is occupied. So we haven't seen a ton of this actually in any of the trailers. I mean, I'm sure we've seen bits and pieces of, you know, for example, the um, the Mantis Blades in the last video that came out with the uh, Arasaka uh, video that we talked about. I think we talked about last week. Um, uh, I don't know what level of augment that is, but that looks pretty cool. Now, to think that there might be like epic and legendary forms of mantis blades or something like that that you can put in your arms is very exciting because now this isn't just guns or armor this is augments these are things that you can change that function and make your character look different so do you have any any thoughts logan before i go on i i think it's really amazing just how many 
available slots there are for V in, in this game. You know, you're thinking about a best way to kind of play your character. Everything that we've seen so far has been about the feel and the atmosphere. Uh, I, I'm kind of hoping that the next City Wire that we get into dives into the systems a little bit because just from the little bit of information that we've talked about and that you just brought up, there's going to be a lot of choice in this game for you to be able to play around with your character. You could really, really have some interesting customizations. And I think it's going to be cool to find out, you know, like some of the, the stuff that you get, you're going to be able to have to try and weigh out, you know, like, what do you want to have? You've got this epic, but this epic doesn't mm-hmm. really fall in line with your play style, like maybe hang on to it or, or you know, save it for later. Or do you want to maybe switch up your gameplay and try try something else? It's something that they've talked about wanting to be fluid with uh, the class system, since there's not really a class system, you can kind of play how you want. And maybe a really good body augment in the game is going to uh, push you to tr- try something different, try something outside of your your normal gameplay uh, style. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of options. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm kind of also excited to know to not know some of the things that are going to be coming. Of course, we're going to have augments like I've talked about in the previous episode that increase your hearing or your eyesight or those kinds of things. Um, there's a list of other examples we have specifically from the games. Um, if in case you've been living, say, under a bridge somewhere like a troll under a rock, I think that's the actual expression. <laughs> there's yeah. there are the uh, mantis mantis blades, which are these big metal uh, blades. I mean, they're just knives that come out of the back of your arm and kind of hinge forward in order to uh, like it was, you do like a punching motion and they would hinge forward and increase the range of your punch by like another foot and also lop off somebody's arms or something, right? Um, then there's the blood pump, which is installed in the cardiovascular system slot. It activates at a certain point in time and improves healing. Now, this may be the kind of thing that is triggered, like you get down to 20% of your health and all of a sudden the blood pump kicks in and and heals you. Or can you imagine something that's like a blood pump that, that gives you extra stamina or... Uh, endorphins in order to to deal with the situation and run faster you know that like it's able to be triggered when something's going on maybe during a moment of stress or is activated through your you know consciously pushing a button on your controller but in the game would be like you if in the world would be you deciding to turn it on and it would turn on right um I'm getting a question. Yes, zombie killer. This is a, a T60 helmet on my shirt. Yep. I'm wearing a fallout shirt doing a cyberpunk show, but I don't have any good cyberpunk shirts yet. I need to get some. <laughs> um, <laughs> then there are micro rotors, uh, passive cyberware in the nervous system that improves movement speed and precision. Reflex tuners are triggered cyberware that activates slow motion as soon as your health falls below a critical value. And we've seen this kind of thing in video games before. Gorilla hands. Can, can we pause on that one? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to. Uh, so reflex tuners. We talked about um, passive stuff. Things that are are like that. Now I'm I'm really interested to see how this plays out because, uh, for example, this 
talks about slowing down time when you're in a when your health is in a critical state but if you go back to the video that they released back in 2018 uh v actually has types of drugs and one that they actually took as they were uh breaking into that the the apartment to recover that girl mm -hmm. um he actually took a drug and i i can't remember the russian name that it was um i'm sure if chats out there they might actually remember the name of the the man who invented the drug uh that it actually slows down time uh yeah. to give you that in, in or increased uh reflex uh nature for for being able to fire uh at people and be able to dodge bullets stuff like that and i'm wondering you know how does something like that like that's maybe like a temporary state uh compare to maybe just getting something like that built in with these reflex tuners uh that that really kind of use that all the time so anytime you get into combat whether it's a passive or an active if that's something that's possible or do you have to rely on uh the the drugs if you want to start out the fight like that but you've only got so much use out of that before it turns off and then you have to rely on a reflex tuner to uh, be able to get back into that kind of state and if, if mm -hmm. that's the case is that state going to be enough to really save you if you get critically low like how does that help right. you like are you going right. to be able to get to cover so i wanted to get your thoughts on on that compared to the uh, to the drug that that they uh, showed in the video a few years back yeah that's a good question i would imagine that um some well at least this just let, let's tackle one thing at a time reflex tuners according to this this is this one example kicks in when your health gets below a certain value um i'm trying to think of it uh, it's not exactly like that's in fallout it's it's yeah. more like um there are upgrades. I'm trying to think. There's games that I've played over the last year, I'm sure, that have had something very similar where you, like, you get in a situation and all of a sudden everything slows down so that you can handle it because your health is low. And then once you get out of that situation or your health goes back up, things kind of speed up again. I can't think of a good example right off the top of my head. Ghost of Tsushima has that when you uh, pull down the bowstring for when you're fighting. Uh, you can spec into slowing down time. Yeah, but that's, aim better. that's a different. That's not based on health. So that was the True. second example I was going to go to is maybe okay. something like a reflex tuner for when you're when you're sniping, when you're zooming in at a distance and you're trying to get a good hit on somebody. Um, yeah. I could imagine something like that, even in melee, where you're doing like a critical hit, but you're able to slow down your swing in order to line up with somebody's head or something like that. I don't know if that's in the game, mm. but I could imagine that being something that is triggered during specific situations. Um, the drug situation is interesting because you would assume that it would give you a benefit over a longer period of time. Otherwise, you can't just pop the drug in the middle of, I mean, you could, but it, that doesn't feel right. You know, this, yeah. if we're going with the people who made the Witcher, then the drugs are the equivalent of the things the Witcher takes, the, uh, the concoctions he makes, which are basically drugs the um that mm -hmm. that he uses before he goes into combat so that he's yeah he's more able to handle things so i don't know how the time slow would work in that situation but i'm sure they've thought this mm -hmm. all through and there are examples and um it'll only be a matter of time until we really know how that that would actually work yeah I'm, I'm i'm wondering like if this is going to be uh something that helps get get you enough time to be able to get like a perfect 
headshot on someone like if you're critically low you got just enough time to be able to get one shot off to to maybe stagger someone so they can't get that cu- that killing blow on you and maybe give you just enough time to be able to get cover so you can uh mm-hmm. heal up with with a blood pump or something like that but sorry i didn't want to yeah. derail too much but that was that was an interesting yeah. thing as we were going down the uh, the line and just thinking back to some of the other things that we've seen coming with the game Sure, sure. And traditionally, um, drugs or food or whatever are just kind of general buffs. They give you more health, they give you more stamina, they kind of increase your your total amount of use of those things. But, I don't know, something that continues to slow down time, it would be annoying if it just kept time slow the whole time, Not uh, even when you didn't want it to be slow, because then combat would just take forever. <laughs> so it needs to be triggerable, yeah. I would assume. But... I don't know. Well, let's get into some of the rest of these. Um, Monowire, which this was shown off very early, uh, if you think way back. The cyberware that houses a fiber optic lasso in your arm that can be used to easily slice opponents in, <laughs> into slices. The the quick hack function via the moon monowire is probably one of the fragments. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Probably one of the fragments. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if that's a typo sure that. or if that's a reference to a thing in the game that's called a fragment that I haven't come across yet. Um, maybe chat knows if you guys know what a fragment means in that. Then there's the Karenzikov, Karenzikov. Oh, that's the drug. Yeah, Karenzikov, that's a booster spray, but it also exists as an implant for your nervous system. The trigger activates a slow motion effect as soon as you have successfully avoided an enemy attack. So if this is if this is exactly the one that you're talking about, then it has to do with avoiding attack, yeah. and then and then it it kicks in. Um, it, it exists as an mm. implant for your nervous system. Trigger activates slow motion effect. Yeah, so it becomes a like a dodge. It's triggered on a dodge. So that's kind of cool. So I that's definitely really the one you were thinking of, Karenzikov. That is it. Because it does yeah. sound Russian. Yeah. 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 It, it was a K name. I just couldn't remember what the actual one was. But yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, then there's uh, sign lungs or sin lungs, sign lungs, S-Y-N lungs, artificial lungs that are installed in the cardiovascular system and improve the regeneration of your endurance, which would make sense, right? If you can breathe better, then you could probably lo- run faster or longer. So um, the, the, uh, Cyberware options for weapons in the game. There's only really three examples we have of that right now, and that includes the Mantis blades. So, say weapons that melee weapons that get set into your arm. I would imagine there's something more than just Mantis blades, um, but I don't know. Gorilla arms. We've had the rockets. But, well, yeah, that's that's the third one. Is a projectile launch system. Oh, so yeah. So <laughs> so if if you would put these into three categories, we know that there are some that have uh, some sort of melee weapon attachment, like a like mantis blades. Gorilla arms do things like increase your strength or allow you to pick things up that are heavier. Right, you can punch through a, a, a door or pick up something or maybe throw something further. Um, so that's just a general strength upgrade to the way your arms work. And then there's the projectile launch system. So the idea that you could put in, say, uh, something in your arm that pops up kind of like Iron Man, right? And you aim it and then like a little rocket shoot out or a laser beam shoots out or something like that, right? So that would be a ranged update upgrade to your to your arms. Um, there's also the uh, cyber optics, which we know about um, Kiroshi optical scanner MK1 and MK2 are optical implants, which 
I'm sure have something to do with increasing your ability to see, uh, picking things out in the environments, zooming in on things, that kind of stuff. Um, and then there is the subdermal grip, which is an implant players can purchase in Cyberpunk 2077. While it helps to increase melee damage, it also allows players to access and use locked weapons, though with a reduced damage output. So uh, I don't exactly understand what that means either. Use locked weapons. Would so that mean that's the weapons that are above your level? That's an interesting one. Um, I think what that refers to is, uh, and, and this is totally just like me trying to figure out, like based on movies that I've seen. So, uh, in in a lot of movies, you see guns that have um, uh, like a, a, a fingerprint sensor. That's like you have to hold this gun, and only you can hold this gun. If you if you're not holding the gun, no one can pick up that gun and shoot. It was like a deterrence thing to, to make sure that uh, bad guys can't grab a cop's gun and then shoot them with it. You know, they the cop has to be holding the gun for it to be active. Uh, in this instance, right. it sounds like right. if you find a gun and you have sur- subder or subdermal grip, not only can you use that gun, even uh, if it's something that's a locked uh, gun to whoever's imprint is is programmed into it that makes sense um, yeah. but you'll you'll only get like 50 percent of reduction it's like harry potter can pick up any wand but he can't he can't force the wand to do everything as well as he could as if he had the one that chose him right right yeah that makes sense because that is that is part of the tabletop is this idea that some of the weapons can be locked to individuals based on you know your handprint or or uh, a you know technology inside your body that it responds to um so yeah so I, I assume that's what that means i don't know if that also means that there's some sort of level thing going on there I, i'm not sure how that works i would imagine so um, i'm sure there probably will be yeah and i mean that's and that's another one of those questions right like if you can get really cool weapons what keeps them from doing more damage early in the game and kind of breaking the gameplay so i'm not sure how they've meted that out you know, can you, is it like Fallout 76 where if you're level five, you can use anything up to a level five weapon even, and you may get something that's like a legendary, I mean, level 50s is where the the game kind of tops out for like leveled weapons and things. But if let's say you're level 30, but you find a legendary level 30 weapon, then that's awesome. Right. But it's not going to do as much as that same legendary 50 weapon of, uh, with the same stats or at least with the same effects. It might be something as as simple as just uh, an augment that reduces the level requirement for weapons so that say if you are out there and you've got subdermal grip and you find a level seven weapon at level five, you'll be able to use it compared to someone who isn't level who doesn't have the subdermal grip. Um, that weapon's going to be locked out to them until they hit level seven. And yeah. even though they're using a level seven as a level five, the the damage is going to be reduced, but it might still be better than any level five weapon they're using. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's the question is, I don't know if that's what they mean by locked or if it only mm-hmm. means locked to an ind- individual. So if you like, you take out the captain of the guard, you're level five, he's level five, he has some sort of legendary gun, but it's locked to him. This allows you to use that weapon, but it does less damage because yeah. you're not him. I, I, I don't know. Um, that's, again, something we're going to have to wait to see how that actually plays out because uh, we don't know yet. Um, to kind of sum this all up, because uh, this is, I mean, we're about there. Um, the <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm excited for this stuff. I don't know. How do you, how do you feel Logan? Because I'm sure it's there's so, cool. so much more than we have in, in the stuff that has leaked so far or not necessarily leaked, but come out based on, you know, early game previews and, and trailers and night city wire and all that. Yeah, it really just speaks to just how much uh, Artel Sorian and Cyber or CDPR have worked together to make this game as canon as possible. You know, they they've really gone through the tabletop games and just been like, all right, what would be cool for people to use in Cyberpunk 2077? So it's it's such an awesome thing to see some of these things. Like people are talking about Wolvers in the in the chat being yeah. able to have Wolverine claws and yeah. Cyber. Like, I, want, I want Wolverine claws. That's what Cyber- I want. 2077 totally <laughs> that would be awesome yes so yeah i mean like bring it on all, all the augments i don't care what they are i'll give them all a shot we'll, we'll just have like a, a, a vending machine of augments and you just got to pick b4 and hope that it doesn't get stuck in the machine just let me have it right i want i want <laughs> this makes me so i did i need to do more of these videos i did a um character build video on like being the terminator in or using term mm. the terminator is like a design concept for your character in cyberpunk you know what'd be really cool is to do like wolverine in japan as cyberpunk character right like you've got a katana yeah like like because i mean it's it's, that's part of the comics like he goes to japan there's a whole storyline from the what was it the 80s where he's in japan he has to Mm -hmm. he falls in love you know there's one of the movies was based around that that storyline but the idea of like having a katana in one hand and you're like wolverine claws in the other and having like enhanced healing and the ability to like you know extra strength and and just going like melee wolverine build that would be badass that would be so cool as a nomad that would be amazing get get all gritty and grungy with big old beard and stuff yeah man that'd be great that's such a that's a good idea yeah we need that let's let's do that video right red plaid (laughs) shirt jeans and just a samurai sword and claws that would be awesome yeah, I need to I need to come up with uh, some more more builds. If you guys have any other thoughts on like character builds, that would be fun to build out in Cyberpunk. I'd, I'd love to to do that. Part of what I'm what I'm doing though is I'm waiting to to learn more about the actual upgrade system because we don't know everything about how that would go. Um, and to to really do a build video, you'd have to know like okay, this is these are the upgrade paths that you would go. This would be max level how you'd want to build out your character. These are the weapons and games you'd want to get. So I, I try not to jump the the shark on that too too much too early <laughs> um because once the game is out people are going to watch the old videos that were done before that and go well this is a dumb build it doesn't you know you know how the, the internet is um but yeah so <laughs> that's it for this episode um also thanks to uh who was it on twitter somebody on twitter recommended uh, there was conversation about early copies of the game going out and they they were you know they were talking about uh, different content creators and they recommended us um and i said thank you thank, thank you for you. recommending us uh we haven't gotten an <laughs> offer to get an early copy of the game to to review but of course if uh cg project red is listening and they would like us to do a review of the game we would love to have Please. early copies um we're happy to sign ndas and and uh you know do what we can to work with you um obviously we love your content and you know reach out to us if, if you're interested um logan what else do you have going on while we while we close out the episode uh, this week in Keelhauled, uh i got a interview that i did a while back approved so um did you ever play conquer's bad fur day was that ever a game back in your your n64 days that you dove into no i didn't, actually didn't even own an n64 <gasps> i uh i went and All i right, think well, this is a good an, podcast I think, folks <laughs> i think this is an age thing because i had 
I'm old enough to have had an Atari 2600 and then the original Nintendo and then a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo. And then by the time the 64 came out, I was just about finished high school. Um, and then I went away to college. I was playing a lot of PC games at the time and then I got a PlayStation. So I skipped over the 64. The next Nintendo system I had was a Wii and then I caught up on all the GameCube games. So I never actually had a 64. Chat, can you believe this guy? He's too good <laughs> for N64. I was, Super Mario 64 guys, was too kiddy. I was 16, him. 17, 18 years old, and I was spending too much time chasing <sighs> girls and playing in a band, you know? Yeah, yeah. Can you blame we me? We get you. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> we'll let it slide this time. No, uh, so it, back <laughs> in the day. Cancel Tom. <laughs> cancel Tom. <laughs> we can't cancel Tom Duffs. That's not, how am I supposed to stay on the show? Uh, <laughs> so this this week, uh, we I, I got a chance to sit down with uh, Chris Marlowe, who is one of the senior engineers over at Rare, who uh, makes Sea of Thieves. Mm -hmm. um, this week, uh, he he got to play the operatic voice for one of the bosses in Conquer's Bad Fur Day called the Great Mighty Pooh. Oh, wow. If you haven't watched that video, you need to go watch the YouTube video of the Great Mighty Pooh Conquer's Bad Fur Day uh, boss fight, because it is hilarious, and he is awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out this week. Uh, other than that, I want to hear chat's thoughts. What Marvel characters or DC characters do you want to try and recreate in Cyberpunk? Because I was thinking with Wolverine, I want to see someone create an animal build that's like uh, the Hulk. So that's that's my suggestion. If anyone wants to come up with ideas for that, yeah, Hulk animal build. I there? saw I saw in chat Colossus. Yeah, Colossus. Yeah, that would be cool. With like completely chrome plated, big strong. Mm -hmm. Chrome plated dude, Batman, a Batman build, man, like gadgets, a bunch of gadgets and yeah. and stuff. Um, the Flash be really awesome. Cyborg, yeah, you Flash. Go, you can go a lot of super like micro tuners. We, yeah, once yeah. we get into once we get into superheroes, you could get into all sorts of things. What I what I really want to know though are concepts from um, cyberpunk mooks, uh, mooks movies and books. I just combined <laughs> those into one word. I'm gonna I enjoy <laughs> reading and watching mooks. Um, <laughs> So, uh, like, um, uh, like, is are there characters from Blade Runner that would be really cool to do, um, or oh, characters yeah. from, um, I don't know, just other like the Terminator, Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell, wanna, yeah, like full full camouflage cybernetic skin, like, and be able to jump off buildings and like jump into a uh, thing, do a quick assassination, then bounce off and disappear into the distance, or uh, be able to rip off a the the hatch of a of a uh, one of those little spider tanks, man. Like, ooh, yeah, ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Let me do that. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's got to be. Uh, I mean, even some that don't even use a lot of augmentations. Or some that use augmentations that are more focused on perception and brain and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like internal augmentations that aren't as physical. Uh, or like, uh, what is a good, somebody who would be a really good hacker? Think about that. Like that would be a good one. Being able to tap into someone's like, uh, like their their audio comms, like because mm -hmm. that's that's something that I would love to know. Like, can can we do like in in brain uh, kind of ghost in the shell like um, um, audio channels? Like, if you could imagine having a conversation <laughs> right. with one without needing to have a phone, and you could just think it, and and you get to do that. But then to be a good enough hacker to be able to tap into that network and hear like all the guards at Arasaka and find out like where they're patrolling and and being able to take people 
people out just after they've called in and been like, oh yeah, everything's clear here. And they're like, could you with a tech yeah. weapon? So is, oh. so is this like oh. a Jean Grey or a Professor X build? Is that what we're talking about? Ooh, um, somebody who can oh, like, that's a good question. Yeah. Like, I guess it would have to be, I mean, tele- telekinesis. I'm not sure that's a thing, but, um, in cyberpunk, but I, that's what I, I want to know. I want to come up with some really creative ways of doing more than just like fast and strong. Right. Cause like, those are cool. Mm-hmm. Let's don't get me wrong. A Wolverine build, a Colossus build, like, you know, Batman, the flash, those all sound really cool. But what about like, who would be a good character that would be a good hacker to make a build around or something like that. That's the question. Those are the ones that I really need help coming up with ideas. So if you guys have any thoughts on those, let me know. All right. But yeah, that's yeah. everything that's going on with me. I appreciate everyone's support as always. Um, just come chat to in, in the discord. If you're listening to this, please, please, please come chat with us. Yeah. Yeah. Join us on the robots radio discord and all the stuff is in the show notes. I've had questions before about like, well, where are the show show notes? If you are on a pod, catcher and you're you're looking up the episode there's probably a a way to see more about the description and things like the little three dots or a little expanded down that's how you can see the show notes um if you're watching the youtube video for you know you aren't able to make the live show every sunday night then check out the youtube video the show notes are going to be underneath that in the description part of the youtube video so all sorts of stuff there all right um let's see what do i have going on all the regular stuff this week we've got uh patron episodes for the fall Lorecast and the elder scrolls Lorecast, where our tier four patrons for those shows are joining us and we're talking about um we're talking about spooky stuff in fallout tomorrow night so come, come check that out uh specifically the idea of being in in the world of fallout like not just playing fallout like what if you lived in the wasteland what would be the most terrifying thing to have to deal with that's going to be the topic for tomorrow night so so check that out um anything else that we're doing on robots radio is robotsradio.net including logan's podcast um uh kill Hall and all the other shows on the network so go check everything out there's lots of cool stuff to, for you guys to listen to and we will talk to you oh and by the way thank you for being here chat always got to thank you guys and thank you for the new follows and the subs you guys are amazing uh this audience is growing every week with with new live people watching and it's so fun to have you in chat and yes uh wandering wastelander i do when you do say funny things in chat and uh, you get a funny grin on my face then yes that that's exactly what is happening so <laughs> so i appreciate it you guys you guys make make our nights uh just being here and being part of it um i've mentioned this before but the reason why logan and i do shows and do podcasts is primarily because of the community and being able to interact with you guys and a bunch of people who love the same stuff we love because that just it makes our days you know this is This is what we look forward to all week. So thank you for being here. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Until next time, stay safe and I I don't know, keep coming up with cool character builds because I want to hear them. I want to hear what you guys come up with. All right, we'll talk to you next time. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. 
Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using threecountthoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell.